from Milwaukee, one of the most exciting cities in southeastern Wisconsin. Welcome to the Over 50 Badass Podcast. This is the podcast that'll help guide you through those crappy midlife transitions and help you finally become the badass you were meant to be. The podcast where we answer age-old questions like, who am I? What do I want to do when I grow up? And where did I put my mojo? Today's show features a total badass. An attempt to guess how many fusilli pasta can fit into an old mayonnaise jar. And dogs drinking water. And now, a man who believes that anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Craig Sweeney. Craig Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Over 50 Badass Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Sweeney, the ringmaster of this whole circus that we're calling midlife here. I'm very excited to bring you an esteemed guest, somebody that I've been wanting to come on the pod since the inception, which isn't that long ago. So, um, you know, I've been wanting to talk to him again, though, for quite a while as I was on his podcast and lucky enough to have talked to him at length. Um, this gentleman has started his own podcast. He's on a mission. He's an OG in this midlife space. Um, he's got the Midlife Mastery Podcast, where he, you know, brings interviews, inspiration, ideas for creating an amazing second half. He, he and his guests talk about fitness, finance, relationships, career, and having an impact on others and, and the world around us, as well as on ourselves. So without further ado, Mr. Brock Edwards. Hey, Brock, how are you? Hey, doing good, Craig. It always sounds so much more impressive when you hear other people say that stuff about you. Right. Um, so, um, so that's awesome. I mean, I'm sitting there listening to Wow, I want to go listen to that podcast. That sounds like a good show. Um, now, it's... Uh, well, so first of all, you, 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 you called me the OG in this space, which is kind of funny and yet probably not untrue. Like, I, Midlife Mastery has been going on for a year and a half, which is not long at, at all. And yet I started it in part because as I looked around, there was like no one else I could find doing it mm-hmm. or, or very, very few. And there are a few out there, but, but not many playing in this kind of midlife over 50 space. Yeah, it, it is interesting. You, you do see more, well, you certainly see more that are uh, exclusively uh, focused on the female mm-hmm. in, in the, the demographic here. Um, and you also see more that are focused on the, the, the seniors. So uh, I'd say, you know, considerably older generation, you know, maybe the, the mid and older boomer and on. Um, and I think, you know, from our perspective, we're talking about Gen X and maybe younger boomer. Um, and, and so it's a little bit different, uh, probably not different to the, you know, the advertising space out there because everybody lumps us all together, right? But, uh, but there is a distinct difference. And, you know, when I ran across what you were doing, um, it's about the same time that I had a, uh, I guess, an epiphany as well um, in terms of, you know, not, not just uh, coming to grips with getting older, because I never really had a problem with that, but really being able to shine a light on the fact that, you know, we, we do have many things that we can do in, in this life yet and a lot, of yours, a lot of years to live it. So I started listening to you, Brock, and you have had such great guests on. I've been lucky enough to have a couple of, of the same guests on my podcast, but um, I, I really admire what you've done, um, the the subjects that you talk about and the way you really get into them and, and shine a light on the on some of the same things that we're looking at, those transitions and, you know, the fact that they can be, you know, real um, you know, real issues to each and every one of us, but there is there are ways to get, get through those, and uh, you know, you've been great, and I appreciate it. Well, I, I appreciate that a lot. And, you know, f- so for all those listening, watching, if you're not familiar with Midlife Mastery, uh, I'm not the expert in this subject at all. And so, and that, that's, you know, that was half the reason I, I started the show was I turned 50 and realized I didn't know how to do 50. Like yeah. just, I, and I couldn't find anyone else who was giving good advice on it or, or figuring out how to do it. I mean, I think of my kids, my kids are college age, high school, there's a lot of books and resources out there. In fact, as I look around, as I think of all the personal development that that I've read and done, you know, right up to your 40s, in fact, there's a lot of books that come out, you know, for for those in their 40s, but then you kind of hit this age, and like you say, there's this this gap that um, there may be a lot of great information out there, you know, kind of retirement age and beyond, senior age, but for kind of this, what I define as midlife, that 50s and 60s, 
and I know others may pick other years, but those years work really well for me, and we can talk about why at, at some point, but uh, th there just really wasn't anything. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had already been doing another podcast, and I thought, well, that's a great topic. And about the same time, I also came across a statistic, and I've shared it a lot, and I will get the specifics wrong, but I'll get the general direction very right, and that is when it comes to marketing, uh, those of us over 50 spend like half the money, and yet we get 7% of the marketing or something ridiculously yeah. low like that. I mean, it's a single-digit number. And that just blew my mind. Like that is just money on the table for businesses, a complete missed opportunity. And so I realized that uh, I wasn't, like there's a lot of people missing this space. And, and so to me that there's a lot of people probably like me who are trying to figure out what do we do at this point in our lives? Like right. <laughs> um, you mentioned transition, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of things some of us have in common. And and I will also say that of the advertising I do see aimed at us, um, I relate to like none of it. Like it, it just Likewise. does not does not reflect the life that I have or the life that I want to have in any sort of way. And you know, there's just uh, just. Are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me, Brock, that you and um, your significant other don't? put clawfoot bathtubs on some sort of a uh, in some sort of a field with a beautiful vista and and hold hands um, and, and stare out at the uh, sunset is that uh, is that what you're trying to tell me I, I am trying to tell you that I, I can, cannot relate to that at all and that as you described that that just becomes so funny when I because I, I never really thought like well how'd the bathtubs get there like did they haul them in the car like were they just there uh, yeah, you know, right? it's, a re right. it's a ridiculous scene and it, no, it's nothing that, that I can re relate to at all. I mean, it, it kind of seems like most of the advertising is just trying to sell me medication that I have no use for, but I probably, they tell me I need to talk to my doctor about <laughs> uh, to make, to, you know, make sure I don't have a use for it, to find out if I do possibly could somehow use it. Um, or it's like, you know, just, I don't know, wait, waiting for us to shuffle off and, and die, just go be quiet in our corners for a bit and, until we get to the, the right age. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I don't understand it. Uh, but I was trying to figure out for me, and I figured, hey, if I'm trying to figure out, there's others who want to come along for the ride, and maybe maybe we can help them too along the way. And so I just started seeking guests that uh, seem to have midlife pretty well figured out. And some of them have kind of a coaching consulting bent to them, but but most don't. Most are just regular people. Um, you know, you mentioned you were a guest. I look around at people that, like, hey, they seem to be doing that pretty well you know um john mcdonald he's another great example of someone who just as yeah. i look at him from the outside kind of seems to have this together or at right. least better better than me <laughs> yeah that's what i told john i said you know and on the introduction for for john's episode i said you you know somebody who seems to have their shit together um yeah because he, you know he certainly does and and some great great you know inspiration from john and some nuggets of wisdom um, when I listened to him initially on, on your podcast as well. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, and I, again, I, I am no expert uh, whatsoever. Although, you know, I am an expert at, you know, going through some transitions. And I think that's the way we can help each other is to, is to talk about, you know, uh, the experience of going through those transitions and, and how we got through them, if, if we got through them. And, and I think, you know, collectively as a group, we can shed light on some things and also, you know, kind of kick some old notions that are, quite frankly, bullshit in the teeth about midlife and, and older uh, and the fact that we don't need those medications. You know, obviously, some of us, some of us will be medicated at some point in our lives. But um, as a rule, I think uh, midlife isn't what it used to be, you know, and, and uh, you know, one of our taglines is this ain't your daddy's 50, because if you think back, you know, when we were little kids, 50 years old seemed pretty damn old you know and uh now I, I you know i hope people don't look at us and, and think that they probably do to some extent because you know you're looking at things through different lenses but uh but it, i think there is quite a difference in in um 50 now uh rather than you know if you look at it 50 years ago so um Absolutely. yeah things have changed and, and to as you said you know the advertising space lumps us all into this big you know pot and tries to market the same things, the same products to us as they do to somebody who's 80 or 85. 
um, it's you know quite frankly it's it's ridiculous and and with with uh, a group that has the spending power the discretionary income um, they're missing the boat you know and um, I think it's because quite frankly most marketers most uh, folks in the advertising departments or in agencies are, are probably not over 35 um, so they're not looking at it through the lens that they need to look at it through so yeah very interesting stuff can you talk a little bit, Brock, about some of the common threads or themes, you know, over these last, what, year and a half or so that you've been doing this um, in terms of, you know, in terms of um, how people are looking at midlife and just the general optimism or pessimism about getting older? Give, you know, shed a little light on that. Yeah, so, I mean, in general, everyone I talk to is optimistic about it. Otherwise, well, they'd make a lousy guest, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there, there are people who are excited about midlife, and that kind of goes against the stereotype and maybe even goes against the norm. Um, one of the things that I find is, one of the biggest challenges I find, you mentioned transitions, and one of the things is there isn't a distinct transition to midlife. So, you, you know, you graduate high school. That's a transition. I mean, you know, yeah. they don't want you to keep showing up. Like, they kick you out. You're done. Uh, and then if you go to college or go to, go to trade school or anything, you know, that is another distinct, discrete life stage. You, you maybe get married, maybe have kids, maybe buy a house, you know. So all through your teens, 20s, 30s, you, there are all these milestone moments that, you know, most people have in common, and they all happen at roughly the same time period. But you hit... Midlife and no one, I was say no one sends you a postcard, but actually I did get a letter from AARP the other day. So maybe they do send you a postcard that, uh, you know, hey, you're, you're, you're in midlife here because we, we kind of enter it at different stages. Right. And, and, and you know, and what it looks like is, is different. So, I mean, I've got two kids, one still at home, but transitioning. So, you know, I'm, we're three quarters of an empty nest. Yeah. Uh, others may still have kids or may have extended family. Or maybe never had kids, so, you know, their life stage didn't really change along the way. Um, yeah, that's interesting yeah. to look at it that way. Um, yeah, if you, if you haven't had kids in, you know, the transitions that you've experienced, and, and, and hopefully your, your relationship has, has you know, standed the test of time, um, then your transitions are, are fairly minimal, um, I think, to a certain point. And as you say, you know, I think it's a shifting line in the sand, if you will, in terms of when midlife starts. Uh, you know, I think it, it has progressively the midlife range has gotten older. But then I do see people out in, in this, this space and media saying midlife is starting at even 40. You know, so I would peg it in the 45 to 50. But, you know, it depends who you talk to. Right. Absolutely, and there there is no solid definition. So, which is nice because we can all pick our own numbers, right? And, and so I did, and you know I got to the numbers fifties and sixties uh, for for several reasons, and I wouldn't disagree that that probably bleeds over into mid forties. Uh, just like I say, we're all kind of enter this stage a little bit different, but. Uh, for one, I just turned 50, so hey, why not make my age the bottom age? It's a nice round number. People like round numbers. And I also think of it as that time where it really is that space where we're probably fairly solid in our career. But whatever our family situation is, is probably, like I say, you know, sorted out your empty nest, about to be empty nest, whatever. And you're not probably not kind of, you know, even starting to think retirement yet, you know, so although it's not in the middle by any means, uh, you know, I think it was Dana Carvey years ago joked that, you know, 55 isn't midlife because no one goes to 110. But, you know, really, it is kind of the middle stage after you hit adulthood, you've kind of got that, you know, early mid career, and then there's the space that we're in. And then there's kind of the, the final stages of life, that third act. And so I really do see kind of that, you know, mid 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, maybe even bleeding into early 70s uh, as really kind of the, the mid stage. Yeah. And I, again, many could dispute that. I say there, there's no solid definition. So those are the yeah. numbers that really work for me. Well, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, and you said, that, you know, obviously most most of the folks that we talk to are optimistic about about midlife and about their futures. Um, but 
I think a lot of the, a lot of our audience um, may be going through some challenges, you know, and I think, you know, from that perspective, I, I wanted to talk to you about how you thought COVID affected those of us in midlife and if it, if it affected us more or less than, than maybe, you know, the uh, millennium generation, the millennial generation or younger. Um, tell me about that. What do you think? Yeah. So, uh, speaking of not the expert, definitely not the expert here, but I, you know, happy to throw some thoughts out there and, you know, for, I think a, a lot of people, it was just a, a pause and a reflection, at least I'm speaking from my experience. It definitely was, uh, and a chance to rethink, am I really doing what I want to be doing? Am I doing what I was meant to be doing? And to me, that's kind of one of, it's potentially one of the distressing things about midlife is you get this far in your life and think, man, I've just been on the wrong path. Yeah. Um, or this isn't where I thought I would be. Now I think I have a fantastic life, but this is not where I thought I would be. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I couldn't have anticipated this. Um, and there are many more things that, that I still want to do. And so hopefully for, for many, it was a chance to kind of reflect, reconnect, figure out what they want, that, to pause. I know for, for some of my guests, that's when they started taking on new challenges, doing new things. Right. Uh, um, and we... In fact, a recent, recent guest here we had, I mean, she was talking about kind of that uh, they created huge change. So Adrian Shubin was talking about creating a, a dishes change. And I mean, in the middle of COVID, they went alcohol free. They switched to a plant-based diet. They got rid of all their clutter. They lost weight. They got in shape. They became debt free. Like they just completely rebooted their wow. lives. Wow. And it, it was, it wasn't like, Hey, let's all do this today. I mean, it was definitely kind of, you know, Hey, let's do this one thing. And they just built some nice momentum. And now, you know, that wasn't everyone during COVID, but for them, it was that kind of rethinking, where do they want to be? What do they want to be doing? How do they want to kind of live out this next half of life? Well, um, you know, kudos to them for taking advantage of the time for, for pot, for, you know, you know, be, being in a state where they made positive changes, because I, I believe there's many of us, uh, you know, not me included, you know, necessarily, but there's many of us who drank more during COVID, yeah. um, you know, maybe gained a few pounds during COVID. Um, and some of us, you know, looked across the, the, the table or across the bed and said, I don't know if I want to be in this relationship <laughs> anymore, you know? So, you know, there, there have been some, I, I think, forced transitions or a forced pause that, that COVID has brought about that in, in some ways was good for many people and that they, they, you know, had the time to reflect on their first 45, 50, 55 years and, and where they ended up um, at this point. Because like you said, there's so many of us who, who didn't anticipate being where we are, not that it's good or bad, but I, I'm the same as you, Brock. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have said this is where I'd be. Um, I, I, think, I think that forced pause in many instances was was a blessing um i don't think that many of us looked at it that way although it gave us a chance to ask for permission or be granted permission to make some changes that that either needed to be made or made or wanted to to uh, make in our lives um, whether that's career or relationship or what have you um, so I think there's there's a silver lining in that pause for sure. Um, and it's interesting how as we get back to um, a more normalized version of the world, which is, is weird because we're always, you know, are we going to be masked? Are we not going to be masked? Are things shutting down? Are they not shutting down? But it is getting back to a little bit more of a, a normal way of life, quote unquote. Um, there's some changes that were made during this pandemic that, you know, we'll never get back to the old way, you know, whether that's going to the office every day, um, whether that's maybe, you know, cutting back to a, a four and a half or four day work week. I think some, there's been some, some real positive changes in the way um, maybe work-life balance is viewed. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to try to take the positives out of it. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, there, one of the things that I mentioned, there's no, real set point for midlife and that's one of the challenges and i think one of the biggest challenges to midlife is getting to this stage where things are pretty good 
and you're coasting along very comfortable in your comfort zone. I mean, I, I certainly found myself at that stage and you know, things are nice and you've worked hard. You've gotten yourself into a position where you don't have to fret about everything. And, um, but you, you know, actually, uh, quote here on my cork, cork board, I uh, just noticed earlier today, uh, it says the comfort zone is where dreams go to die. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to get settled into that and without something to jar us out of it. And usually it's something, you know, like uh, bad news from our doctor, um, out of the blue, our spouse says, hey, I want a divorce, you know, whatever it is, it's a huge, you know, we get laid off, downsized. Yeah. It's usually this huge slap that makes us do it. And we don't, we don't remember that we can do that pause at any time. Like, we don't have to wait for something big. At any point in our life, we can step back and take stock and, and try and figure out, hey, what would make it even better? Right. Like, right. We, don't have to wait, we don't have to wait for our birthday on our, you know, our 47th birthday or 52nd birthday. You know, there's no date where we, we have to, you know, we have to reevaluate. We can, we can continually reevaluate, right? Abs- absolutely. And, you know, we don't need to wait for the next pandemic. Um, there are some, like I say, had, had some great guests that were able to really take stock of their lives and think about it. And, and there's some people that um, are not coming out of the other side in a good place. You yeah. know, it's been, been a really, really rough couple of years. And, you know, think about transitions. So, you know, it's, some it was amazing to watch. Some employers saying, you know, there's no way you can work from home. We can't do remote work. That doesn't work at all. Pandemic hits. They're like, hey, take your monitors, get out. Like, just take your computers, go home, figure it out. And everyone did. And, and it was an amazing thing to watch. And so that was a forced transition that taught us what we could do, how we could operate different. And, well, I, and I mean, produ- was- productivity went, went up. Uh, you know, that, that was the, the kind of the surprise that, that you know, in, in the corporate space, productivity actually went up. And, uh, you know, that was a, a, a big surprise. Yeah. And, you know, people like you, people like me, I mean, it looks like you've got a great workspace there. Um, it just meant I saw less people in my day or I saw them over a computer screen. Now I feel for the, the people who like you catch them on a zoom call, especially early on before we had this all figured out where it's like them and their spouse and their kids and the cat all around the kitchen table, all trying to do stuff. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, that I, would, I felt uh, for them. <laughs> that would be problematic for sure. Now there's, there's that. And then there's the, uh, the unfortunate, uh, gentleman who was, uh, indisposed let's say during a during during a zoom call so there's been some interesting zoom mishaps during the last Uh, couple of years definitely definitely (laughs) i think we've all gotten kind of twitchy and and reflexive about hey is my camera on is my mic on what's happening am i muted um the 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 dress shirt with the sweatpants you know that type of thing for sure yeah absolutely gotten used to it but uh it, it's still sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're on your, you know, eighth zoom of the day, you're like, Oh God, <laughs> wish I could you know, get in front of somebody face to face, you know? Um, you, you know, some of the things that, that I, I'm also seeing from guests are taking on new challenges. And I absolutely love that. Not just refining our lives where we are, but just finding something totally new. So we have one guest, I mean, they moved to La Paz, Mexico, wow. like just, uprooted their lives, figured out how they could do it, did it. Now they're working really remotely. Um, so they're digital but, nomads. That, that whole scene is really blossoming. Yeah. And that's amazing to watch and amazing to see. Uh, another couple, actually a very, very recent set of guests, they uh, took up mountain climbing. Hmm. Like after 50, like taking up extreme sports, you know, after 50. And mountain climbing, ice climbing. Oh. And, and mountaineering. I mean, just that's fucking cool. Ice climbing. Wow. That is, yeah. that, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's completely nuts to me. I hate heights and I completely love the passion that they just said, Hey, that looks cool. Let's try it. And then while they're doing it, they started filming it. And now they're, you know, kind of transitioning to this media company where they didn't know how to film, but why not figure it out? Wow. Um, that's pretty cool. Hmm. So yeah. tell me about you. I know, I, I know you're a runner, right? Yeah. Um, well, uh, <laughs> you know, the cool thing about being a runner, it, I think it, I suspect it's like being a golfer. I'm not a golfer, but I mean, you just have to say you're a golfer, right? And you're a golfer. Like you, you could be terrible. You could be pro running is the same. You know, I've got a friend who does ultra marathons. 
I kind of always look like an extra from The Walking Dead, you know, staggering along <laughs> out there. Um, it's not attractive, but but yeah, I, I, I do try and run, and I, I've been running more uh, because I, I ran less. This spring was, was not good to me, talking about taking on new challenges. I, I started racing go-karts, and I, I, I grew up racing motocross and mountain bikes, and it's been years, and I missed the competition and one of the nice things about midlife is I found myself in a space where my kids don't need me as much. As a consequence, I've got more time in my schedule. I've got a little more disposable income. Um, and turns out there's a track 10 minutes from my house. So that like, is cool. Like, that Let's is try it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, That's interesting that you say that because, you know, I, I've done some uh, newsletters and, and, and talk a little bit about it in the podcast about you know, one of the things I think that we need to do when we reach this space, this this area of life, is is look at what gets us juiced. Look look at what gets us excited. And sometimes those are the things that we used to do when we were kids, you know. So, like, identify what that is. Identify that badassery. And, and maybe if it's something you used to do, pick that up, dust it off. You know, it might be a little bit different. You might not be as fast or as good at it as you once were, right? But... I think that you can still find that joy in what you're doing, you know, so that we, that's, that's so cool what you're doing. I, I used to race BMX myself and, uh, and, uh, and race as a ski racer downhill. Um, and it's, it's funny. I, I golf, but I'm not, I'm not a golfer. I joke with, with my wife. I'm like, I think there's a difference. Like if you call yourself, <laughs> you're a runner because you're good at it. If, if you say I run, there's a difference between I run and I'm a runner. So, right. so, you know, I ski or I'm a skier. I think it's a, it's a, I don't know. There's for, for me, there's a little bit of a difference there, but this go-karting thing, tell me about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, none of my skills translate, which is really weird. Like motocross translated to mountain bikes translates to most activities. The skill set is different. The approach is different. Um, there is a perfection to it that you're chasing you know, with off-road activities, there's, there's so many variables. I mean, you, you can crash and come back and win, yeah, you know, just because right. other people have their struggles and they crash in that with karting, you know, uh, in fact, the most recent race I did, the three who finished one, two, three in my class, they were within a second from front wow. to, to back of those three. And you're just chasing tenths of a second or hundredths of a second. So I'm do, not you have a, do you have a pit? Do you have a pit crew? Uh, that's me. That's nice. me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but it's also like the cheapest form of motorsport there is. Uh, it's, it turns out there's this huge community, like everyone wants to help everyone else. And, you know, whether they're competing with you or not, you know, there's, it's just, it's a phenomenal place to be. It, you know, everyone from five-year-olds, and, and, you know, actually there's one of the kids there, I don't know, she's maybe eight. And one day I look up as I'm working on my card, you know, that her class was on the line. And, you know, so she's totally decked out, helmet, mirrored visor, and had the most I'm a badass strut walking up to her cart where her dad was. It was the, just the coolest thing. That is awesome. And, um, you know, and, and on the other end of it, there's a guy I compete with, I compete with, he beats me. Uh, he's probably early 70s. And, you know, in fact, I, he, I mean, he went to college in the late 60s and the last race he was at, he raced that day and we, I mean, we're in Texas and he drove over to New Orleans to do a sprint uh, triathlon the next day. Holy crap. At 70. Uh, y- yeah. Yeah. That's, that's um, badass. That's, that's really badass. Wow. And, and I love being around those people. Uh, you know, yeah. my, my, actually my mom is one of my biggest role models. I mean, Shortly after my dad passed away a few years ago, like she bought a scooter. She'd always wanted one, so she went out and got one. She bought a camper so she could go camping with friends and, and travel. And um, That is so cool. Yeah. That, so how old is your mom? Uh, 75, 76, somewhere okay, in there. Okay, about the same age as my, my folks, yeah. Yeah. That is, and, that is really neat that you, I hope you, you made her, you said, Mom, go buy a helmet. You're going to have a helmet on. She did have a helmet on. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. She, I all mean, right. she grew, she grew up with all of us racing motocross and all that. And so, uh, but yeah, I mean, she sent me a photo the first day she bought it, just biggest smile on her face. And, you know, just, I, I love that just li- kind of living life full throttle. 
whatever that looks like, you know, whatever brings you joy just makes you happy to be here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if you're, whatever it is, I mean, you know, we, we're not here to say you have to go out and, you know, buy a bike or a scooter or a cart or whatever, whatever it is that, that juices you up, whatever it is, just do it, you know? And, and uh, you know, that, that's, that's pretty cool that you're into that. Uh, I've been getting into F1 a lot lately. Um, I don't know if you're, are you a race fan at all? You know, I, I'm a terrible spectator. I, I've actually come into F1 from the other side of it because so many of the drivers started in karting. Yeah. And so there are several kart brands or kart models uh, connected to the Formula One drivers. Yep. And so that's how I've learned their names and, you know, kind of started watching them and their interviews and stuff. And, and you know, the personalities are fantastic. You know, they're, yeah. they're just... Have you seen the documentary that, that follows each, uh, each race along? No, I need I need to check that out. Yeah, I'll have to it's, send that to you. It's pretty cool. That that would be awesome. And you know, one of the things I never realized about Formula One is that there are only twenty drivers. Yeah, yeah. Like, out of seven billion people, there are twenty. It's crazy. Um, the money that the the money that it that it takes to field the F one team as well is insane. It's uh, yeah. it, it's unbelievable, and it, you know the fact that you say the the cart the the cart kids. You know, a lot of, you know, them were uh, a lot of the F1 drivers were car kids. Um, And then you've got Lewis Hamilton, who actually a lot of his training was was video games, which is, Mm. uh, you know, another crazy thing that, you know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have seen a NASCAR guy say, yeah, I grew up playing, you know, uh, racing NASCAR on on my video game. So, you know, that's that's interesting. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, you seem to be living life to its fullest. And, you know, that's so cool about your mom. I, I think, you know, many times my, my mom passed away. My dad is still with us and still working um, just about full time because he, he said he'd, he'd go crazy if he didn't have the conversation, you know, with, with folks at work and so forth. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, sometimes even at that age, in their 70s, they can... In, in some ways be reborn again and, and find new things to get themselves excited about, about living, you know, and that's so cool to see as, you know, as, as somebody that, that loves them that, to see that again, you know, and so, you know, kudos to your mom, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, you know, uh, just, uh, I, and I can talk about my mom forever just cause like she is a, a hero and a role model of mine. I mean, so for a while when she was coming out every time she'd do something different that she'd never done before, yeah. So one year she went indoor skydiving, like hadn't done that. So we went and did that <laughs> and she had a ball doing that. You know, um, next year, her and my daughter go out and get their, their belly buttons pierced. Um, cause <laughs> why not? That's what you do with a college age granddaughter, right? <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. Um, we ended up, uh, one year I didn't know what to do. She said, well, I, like, are there any concerts or anything? She loves music. And I said, well, you know, funny thing, I'd come across one the other day and I thought, well, I don't know if you'd want to go. And so I, not many people will know who this is, but the band is Korpaklani. Okay. And it, yeah. it, it, it's a band from Finland, folk metal. Uh, folk metal is a thing. Like anytime your high school guidance counselor told you you can't do that, it's not real. Know that there are people in the metal music scene, making money, playing violins and accordions and tin whistles. So. Wow, that is, that's badass. That is really cool. It's kind of like, we, we, I'm, I'm Irish, so we go to see some Celtic bands, some Irish bands, and there's, uh, there's a Celtic band called the Red Hot Chili Pipers. That, <laughs> nice. they, they, they play metal on bagpipes, which is, which is pretty wild as well. That's it's awesome. so funny because we'll, we'll hear the, the occasional story that some, you know, somebody bought their loved one or their friend t- tickets to see the Red Hot Chili Pipers thinking they were the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> and they get, they get to the location and it's a, it's a big letdown. But it's <laughs> a different experience. Well, I, so, so we went, she, she agreed, and we went, and it was, a, it was a small space. Now, I mean, this is a band that in, in Europe plays at festivals. You know, you, there's footage out there with, you know, 80,000 people in the crowd. There were maybe 200 people. It was a small bar, mid, mid-sized yeah. bar venue. Uh, and if you ever want to get to the front, the best way to get there is to go with a, you know, petite, cute teenage girl and a 75-year-old gray-haired woman. Like, everyone just moves aside. You, 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 you right get through. to go right to the front. Um, 
And so, I mean, she was up against the, the, the monitors, up against the speaker there, the, the barricade, and uh, it, it, it was great. And she had a fantastic time, loved it. We ended up talking actually to, to their violinist. Uh, I, I had him as a guest on my other podcast a few times. Great, great guy. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of that being open to what's out there. Like I say, comfort zone's easy. My house is so nice. I love my house. It's easy for me to stay in my house, but all the awesomeness is outside of my house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's, you know, first of all, your mom sounds fantastic. I mean, congratulations for, you know, to you for having such a a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful mom. Um, and say hello to her, uh, for me, but, um, I think there are there are a lot of people in in this stage of in a, in, in midlife that have fear of stepping out of their comfort zone and, and oh, fear of those transitions and fear of change because they've been in this rut or they've done something you know, the same thing for 30 years whether it's a career or you know maybe a, a relationship that hasn't been fulfilling but they've stuck with it because that's what you do um, and they don't know how to take the first step so. What would you, what advice would you give to somebody who is in that boat? You know, one of the biggest challenges is I, I think the fear of looking stupid, uh, mm-hmm. of looking foolish, of being the noob. And which is fine when you're 21, I, that, you know, that's hard on the ego when you're 50 and floundering, right? And I, so that's just something to keep in mind that, you, you know, you, you, you will look silly, you will look foolish. I mean, that's just the thing, right? That anytime we take on something new, we're not going to look like the experts doing it. And just recognizing that I think helps us get peace to it. Um, you know, my, my other podcast was named Imperfect Action based on the idea that imperfect action beats perfect inaction. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I named it that because I have to remind myself, I have a deep, deep, uh, perfectionist streak. My dad referred to himself as a semi-reformed perfectionist, and I can totally relate. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, I mean, I had to remind myself to give myself permission to just go, go try it, go, go do something different. And um, I don't know that there's any sound advice like you know the Nike slogan, "Just do it," is probably the best thing. Just go get around people who are doing it and talk to them. What I find is. And there are exceptions to this, yes. Um, most people are excited that you want to do what they're doing. Like, well, you're right. You're right. And I think, you know, I think when we, when we look at it from kind of a you know, new experience or a new challenge type of perspective, you're spot on. It, you know, just do it is a, is a great slogan or way to look at it. But when you're you know, looking at ending a relationship or, or you know, quitting your job or you know, making a, a transition in that regard, um, that can be tougher. You know, it's harder to, you know, it's harder to just say, just do it at that point, because you've got, you've got, you know, your, maybe sometimes your family working against you because you're, you know, why would you want to you know leave this job with the 401k and, and uh, you know, two kids in college and why would you want to leave this marriage? You've stuck with it this long, you know, just, you can stick it out longer, that type of thing. Um, I was listening to a podcast, and I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name. I'm sure you know. Um, he wrote the book "Unfuck Yourself." Um, oh, he's Scottish, and I'm, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I am trying to remember. I, I can't. But regardless, it's a great. It's a great read. It's a great podcast. But he was talking about the, the fact that when you do make a, a significant change like that. Don't be under the the um, the delusion that you won't upset people, um, and don't mm. don't be too hung up on upsetting people. People are going to be upset. Uh, it's just the nature of humanity. Um, you are changing; they are not. You are choosing to go perhaps in a different direction. They're going to want to hold you near and dear to them or keep you in the spot that they've had you um so the definition of upset you know is is a is a wide-ranging you know definition that you know they could you know they could say you know they they don't approve or they could you know have a a, a conniption fit about it um and it could last a while so to to make a change like that yeah you're going to upset the apple cart there will be there will be things you know the collateral damage sometimes 
But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily a bad decision to go ahead and make that change. Many times it's a healthy change, but even healthy changes can bring, um, bring collateral damage or can make people upset, if you will. Yeah, and, and thank you for, for coming back to that because I, I you know, was answering from the perspective of, hey, taking a new hobby, going ice climbing, you know, what, whatever it is just to shake up your, your, your life and go, go find those passions. Yeah, those, those, I mean, those tougher decisions are just that. I mean, they're tougher decisions. And so much of what you're talking about is really change management. Like for years, you've taught people that you behave a certain way, that you act a certain way, that this is how they relate to you people want to be successful. So they want to know how to respond. You know, right. they want to be successful in the relationship. So this is, this is our relationship. This is how it works. And if it doesn't work that way anymore, they don't know what to do. And it, you know, that, that becomes huge challenge. And for some things you can give the advice just to it. So changing career, you know, a lot of times there's the advice, well, start small. You know, don't bet your whole 401k on it. Can you do it as kind of a side gig? Can you get your feet wet? Can you find out if you even like it? Because what sounds awesome when you're at your desk hating your job may not be as awesome once you start doing it. Right. Absolutely. And, and have some, some financial pressure on it. Now, it's much harder to do that with relationships, and that's such a, such a bigger issue. But I never knew this, and... I, I don't know the statistic, but there is something about kind of this stage in life where divorce rates, I think, go up. And, you know, kids leave the house, you're looking at each other like, hey, who are you? Who am I? Do we fit together anymore? Yeah, I think that's a big thing. I think as, you know, as people enter this midlife stage, many times they'll stay together until the kids, you know, until the kids go off to school. Um, I've, I've seen that a lot. And, and so... Um, and, and I don't, you know, whether that's good or bad, I think sometimes that can be, you know, not the best decision, depending upon how you actually get along, what's the, you know, what's the dynamic in the relationship, yeah. you know, not wanting to expose your children to, um, you know, arguing or what have you, or tension. Uh, they can sense much more than, than we think they can, or they see much more than we think they do. Um, I, I think that, you know, the whole, the prospect of, being happy in your second half can be powerful, but sometimes not powerful enough. And people do muddle through. And, you, you know, I've, I've see a lot of people that, you know, aren't happy. Um, but I, I do think that it's getting more and more accepted to, to make some changes um, at this stage. It's up in my eye here. Um, whereas back in the day, um, again, you know, just like the fact that, you know, people seemed older, um, changes weren't as readily accepted by your tribe or your church or your workplace or what have you. And I think it's getting, it's getting easier to make those changes in some regards as well. Yeah. And there's certainly something about the devil, you know, right? Right. You just stick it out and hope it gets better or, or regardless of everything else, you know what this bad feels like versus the unknown good or bad. Absolutely. and, you know, I think so often, yes, there are those couples who, who stay together for the sake of the kids. They know it's not working. They know it hasn't been working. I suspect there's also a lot who uh, life got real tactical for about 20 years. You know, when you were young, you talked about hopes, dreams, future, and then you're just getting through the day making sure kids have lunch and someone remembered to pick them up, right? Yeah. And you're no longer talking about the relationship. You're no longer talking about hopes, dreams, future. You're getting through the day. And, and that's not right, wrong, good, bad, because that's what you do to get through the day. But then you kind of maybe come out on the other side and you no longer have a relationship that's beyond tactical, um, beyond, beyond just getting through the day. And, and whether that means then you go your separate ways or, or maybe it also means you reevaluate and kind of reboot the relationship, you know, figure out what it looks like for you now. Yeah, you know, you, you've got a great point. I, and I think so many times the, the, the fact that people grow individually, right, as they grow together um, is, is, a, is a real issue. I mean, your viewpoints can change over 20, 30 years. Um, your tastes can change over 20, 30 years. Your goals can change. And sometimes they don't, you know, 
change in the same direction or the same way as, as your significant other. And, and so, you know, either you do have to come to, uh, come to an understanding that that's okay and then maybe embrace those, you know, those you know, differences um, that you didn't have before or make the decision that maybe we're better off as friends and, and, uh, and you know, and go separate ways. Um, but people do change. And, and the, the, the goals that you had when, when we were, you know, 20, 25 years old, both relationship-wise and career-wise, you know, are, are going to be different than they are now. And it's okay. You know, it's okay not to like your job when you're 45, you know, that you, that you started when you were 25. Um, it's okay to want to do something different. It, it's not bad. We as a, as a, as a race evolve and, and we have input from society and from our family and friend set and, and media. And, and it's, it, it's just natural. And so I think we have to come to, come to the realization that it's not bad to, to want to change. Well, and I've heard it said that, you know, at best, any other human is an 80% match for you. And so what we often start doing, I think, um, not being the expert in this, is we chase that 20% mm -hmm. that isn't there. And then we find out that the other person, that new person met that 20%, but that was all they met, right? Like we've got yeah. this 80% gap now or, or something. Um, and so that's always just good to remember that, you know, we've kind of got this Hollywood image often that relationships are 100% perfect and that the other person will be, you know, just that they fulfill every aspect of your life. And um, I don't know, I haven't come across any other human that does that, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and we do grow our separate ways and, and we do change and maybe we can pull that together or maybe it's, you know, we, we are such different people at that point. You, you know, you'd mentioned early on that there, there's most of this midlife space is actually with, with women. And... I've had a lot of speculation, asked a lot of guests around that. And, and one of the things seems to be that where men perhaps less often have this moment of who am I? Like they're just, you know, you wake up, you're 50, you wake up, you're 52, the day looks the same. Um, you know, it, it, for women, there, there seems to be this kind of place in, in life. Um, certainly there's menopause, but also, you know, the kids are gone and how, how many of, of them identify themselves as different what they fill their day with is different. There is this moment of who am I? And I need to think about this. Yes. Uh, kind of this trigger moment. And I think that's super empowering and super powerful. And I, and I love seeing people who are having that moment and going, no, I want something different. You know, I want to chase that, whatever that passion in my life is. And if she's not already on your list, I would really encourage you to have Gail Gensler as a guest. Ah, Yes. I've, I've had a slight, you know, minimal conversations with Gail um, on LinkedIn, but uh, yeah. Okay. Gail is awesome. She's what, um, somewhere in the middle there uh, of midlife and loves boxing and is just, I, I mean, That's when I think, cool. when I think over 50 badass, she comes to mind. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm definitely going to reach out to her again. We, we, we did exchange messages months ago, but I'm going to have to rekindle that. Yeah, and one of the things that her and I were talking about, and she was one of my early guests, was most men her age um, can't keep up with her. They don't want to keep yeah. up with her. You know, they've hit the place in life where they're like, look, I made my money, I'm done, I'm retired, I just, right. let me be on the couch. <laughs> and she's going full bore, and, you know, that becomes kind of a challenge. And they let themselves go, and, you know, just, they're, they're done. And they're just kind of riding it out till death, and... You know, that is not her and, you know, it's, I don't know, I, I, yeah. that, that's the, that's yeah. kind of what, what I'm trying to pursue is that more of that, how do I bring more of that full bore passion into my life? And yeah, likewise, brother. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here. So tell me, you know, you, you are that badass and, and tell me what challenges have you had, if any, you don't see you again, you're like John McDonald. You don't seem like you have anything out of place. You have your shit together, but you know, what, what has been your biggest challenge as you, you know, as you've turned 50 or you've entered midlife, tell me a little bit about that. And as we, as we, you know, close down this pod, tell me, 
what your mission is for the Midlife Mastery Podcast and where do you want to take it? And if there's anything else that you'd want to do in this space, um, because you are the OG, so I want to hear. All right, so a couple questions. I'll try and remember all those questions. Um, I already forgot the first question. Craig, what was the first what question? What has been your biggest <laughs> challenge in midlife? Ah, yes. Memory, I think. Um, no, <laughs> kidding. Um, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about, just comfort zone, being able to, I think of it as coasting at a high level. Yeah. And, you know, I, like a lot of us, we put in our effort, we're, we're able to perform pretty well. And I realized I hit that point where, no, I'm really, really just kind of going along, going through the motions in some things, a little too into my comfort zone on some things. Now, good life, great kids, great wife. You know, I, I, I got no complaints there. But when I think about where I myself want to be, um, you know, I, I think of areas I'm trying to improve. You know, fitness is definitely one of those areas. Like you say, I, I used to you know, be much more of an athlete than I am now. And I think a lot of people can relate. You get focused on family, you get focused on career, going for a run, picking up weights. You sure you could do it. Or you could grab a beer and sit down and watch some Netflix, right? Like, you know, what, what's easier, what's more convenient. Um, you know, so those are some of the challenges. One of the biggest challenges I think is figuring out what I, what I want to do. Um, how I want to be, you know, I am now feeling the weight of mortality in a way that I did not feel earlier. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a weird, weird thing, brother. Like I, I feel the same way, uh, recently and, and really just in the last, I, for me, it's been about a year that I've, that I've had those thoughts, you know, um, cause they weren't there before. Yeah. You know, I, I've got stuff I want to do. I feel like I'm running out of time. And on the other hand, uh, there's less margin for error at this end of life. You know, even in my early 40s, change a job, sure. You know, no big deal. Now, could be a big deal. <laughs> maybe right. not, maybe so. Um, and, you know, just those changes bring just less runway to work stuff out if it doesn't work out right the first time. And, you know, everything we're talking about, career, relationships, finances, all those things, you know, just, there's just less runway. Yeah. Um, and I realized part of kind of hitting that zone of comfort and coasting and all of that is, um, a lot of what was driving me, I, I kind of, um, set aside, like made peace with it. Like, you know, I used to just drive myself nuts feeling like I wasn't making enough progress on things. And then somehow, you know, that, that little gremlin, that little demon, we, we, we made peace with each other. And uh, well, that's a good thing. I mean, that's I mean, you know, you have to yeah. be, you have to be at peace with with where you're at. You know, I think I, from what you know, from an outsider's viewpoint, you've got it. You, you've got it nailed, brother. I mean, you you know, there's little things. Obviously, you want to step outside your comfort zone and do more you know, challenge yourself both physically and maybe mentally, but man, you, you're doing well. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it, and part of that piece now comes, okay, if I'm not being driven by my own neuroses, what am I being driven by? Where do I want to go? Yeah. You know, now I've got more space, more freedom because while on one hand we do have less runway at this time, time of life, I've got way more wisdom, way more experience, um, more resources, whether that's financial or just network people. I know all of that. Yeah. Well, I think you, you know, it seems to me, you know, as I don't know if you've read, um, from strength to strength, Arthur Brooks. I have not. So I just, I'm about halfway into it and uh, fabulous book, but it's about, it's about the, the type of intelligence or wisdom that we have in our 20s and 30s and how that sparks innovation and, and, and you know, mm. and inventions and, and big ideas and how we get to this place in midlife and our, our wisdom, our intelligence is different. It's, it's, it's an intelligence that allows us to transfer that knowledge and teach and mentor. Um, and that's if you if you realize this and embrace it. And I think, you know, part of it is, is you're, you know, you're, you're doing the podcast and, and you're, you know, th- you know, really, you know, thinking about these big, you know, transitional issues in midlife and, and 
in translating your wisdom and, and what you've done to other folks. And I think that's part of that, that later stage wisdom. There's those two arcs of, of different types of wisdom and pretty, pretty good stuff. I'll have to uh, definitely recommend that book to you. Excellent. Yeah, you know, the, the quote that just sticks in my mind is, if only age, what, if, if only youth knew, if only age could. Right. And I think of midlife as being that wonderful sweet spot in the middle where we both can and we do know. And, you know, that, so for me, it's a very hopeful, very optimistic time of life. You know, there's just so, so much that, that we can do with this space. And, you know, your, your other question for me was kind of what, what's the plan for midlife mastery? Where does this go? Uh, you know, I, I don't have a, a grand master plan like I may have had when I was in my 20s or 30s. You know, I'll have 7 billion listeners and, and all that. Uh, really, it, it started as a passion project, as me just trying to figure some stuff out and talk to some amazing people along the way. And I've been really encouraged by it. And so, um, you know, we, I think we've got downloads in about 59 countries now, 58 countries. Oh, that's great. Wow. Which... I love that. I, I love the global perspective. And I love the idea that this isn't just me. It's not just those in my state or my country, but you know, we're all feeling this and mm -hmm. regardless <laughs> you, you can relate to it. And, and so for, for me, that's a, a really important measure. Um, there is a, a site called listen notes, which kind of puts midlife mastery in the top 10% globally of podcasts in this category and the category it's in. And I, I love that. I'm humbled by that. I'm thrilled by that. Like, you know, that people care <laughs> that, you know, they care enough to, to listen to a second episode. And, and that's something that's really, I just find it interesting because, you know, as you were talking about, this isn't a show about one topic. I mean, other than just midlife, but sometimes, yeah, it's about fitness and sometimes it's about self-esteem in midlife. And sometimes it's about, you know, caring for, well, the last episode was caregiver support for those with Alzheimer's. And, you know, it just, it's kind of all over the map and yet listeners stick around. And, and so, like I say, it's resonating at a, at a deeper level. And that's, that's really cool to me that others are taking something from it. Um, so, so anyway, not, not to talk numbers and all of that, but just, I, I didn't know it would go here. Like I just yeah. didn't. And, um, I I'm thrilled that there is one other number to mention that, you know, my, my podcast provider, and by the way, for those who don't do podcasts, numbers in podcasts are really, really hard to get because there are so many different platforms and so many different places. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. And so it's hard, but one of the measures my host provides is, you know, uh, what they call significant listens, which is someone listened to more than 75% of the episode. Mm -hmm. And so right now that number is right at about 88%. So wow. I, That's fantastic, yeah. Brock. Yeah. So people are getting something out of the guests, you know, they're sticking yeah. around, they're listening to the whole thing. And like I say, I'm not the expert in it. I'm just a guy asking questions to some cool people trying to figure it out. You know, um, all this is really encouraging to me. I would love to see it see it grow bigger. I would love to see it reach more people. Uh, one of my personal missions is just, you know, uh, I love human potential. I want to help people live up to their potential, whatever that looks like to them. I, I mean, I don't care what it is. It's their definition of, you know, their potential, their success. And uh, that's always been really, really important to me. And so just, you know, I'm trying to think through how else could this, how else could this grow? How can we reach more people? How can we help more people? Um, that's really vague goals. If you, you wouldn't go into business with a goal that vague, but, um, you know, that's kind of, I, I, I've been surprised by how far it's gotten in that year and a half. And I'm really encouraged for, you know, where, where it's going to go. Well, and, and I'm encouraged to see people like you jumping into this space. Cause I believe, you know, rising tide, you know, raises all ships. So the more of us doing this and sharing this information, just the better. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I'm a big fan. You, you do a great job. You've, you've really helped me and helped others. And, uh, you know, you've, you've got a, a fan here for life. Um, I hope that we can, you know, just keep our dialogue going. I know what we're doing is, you know, you know something, you know, kind of offline as well with, a, with more of a community, um, you know, where we're trying to help folks through transitions. Um, 
but uh, the podcast is kind of an extension of that. And I, I think what, what you're doing is, is just wonderful. You have had the, the most fascinating guests on, uh, not me notwithstanding. Um, and I've taken some great inspiration from you, my friend. Um, tell people how they can reach you right now. Yeah, so uh, easiest way, Midlife Mastery Podcast. I mean, that's the website. Uh, that's also Instagram. Midlife Mastery Podcast, and those are the, the two places. There's a lot of social media. I focus on Instagram. I like Instagram best out of all of them. Um, there may be a better one for me to be on. I don't know. Kind of don't care. I don't think cause... you're a Snapchat guy. <laughs> I think you stick to no. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, I mean, do, do follow. Check me out. I, I, I love it when people reach out and just say, hey, like this episode, like this guest, or even just that you're excited about a guest. I, I love those messages, those comments. And, you know, like say the website, if you go to the website and if you just want to listen to the podcast, like it's everywhere. And, and so all you I mean, you can listen off the website, of course, you can listen on all the podcast apps. Uh, you can just, you know, ask Alexa to play midlife mastery podcast and you know, it'll come up. And I just wonder if we just triggered a bunch to come up anyway. So sorry, didn't mean to do that if it did. Um, yeah. So lots of ways to find me, lots of ways to reach out. And I'd love to hear from people. Please, please do reach out. Well, fabulous, brother. It's been great talking to you. Um, I'm glad, glad I finally had you on. Uh, sorry about the technical difficulties last time we were, we were trying this. Um, I, I tell you what, you've got a fan for life, bud. And um, I hope to talk to you again really soon. Brock, thank you so much for being on today. Ah, thank you, Craig. Thank you.